I feel everybody can sell. We sell every day. You sell your child on making their bed or eating a particular food at dinner. I mean, we're selling all the time. So that myth that salespeople are born, not made, I, I don't believe. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Now, today we're going to go behind the scenes. We're going to see what happens in major organizations that employ hundreds of sales representatives just to go and check what is the reality that happens in the sales world. I mean, we all have a lot of negative preconceptions when it comes to sales. We all maybe had a negative experience that we've personally had with sales. So, what's going on? Are there just a lot of bad people that go into sales? Are we hopeless? Is there ways to make change? And is our perception actually more biased towards the negativity than it needs to be? Well, I'm excited to have Alice Kemper join me today. She has actually been working with sales training consultants since 1983, which means she's actually had a chance to train over the years and be able to see the evolution of the sales world during that time. Now, she had a chance to work in a company with over 870 sales representatives, and she was the third woman to be promoted to assistant sales manager within that organization. She's currently the founder and president of sales training consultants, and she's responsible for assisting organizations drive anywhere from 5 to 35% improvement in sales, increase employee retention, hire the right people the first time, and build the leaders within the organization. So we're going to go dig into what's been happening in that world. Alice, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, I love that you've had a chance to work with so many salespeople. You've worked in the large organizations. You consult businesses when it comes to their sales representative. And it begs the question, we have this negative association with sales. Is it merited? Do we just have a bias or are there a lot of negative sales happening around us? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, for people who are buying, there are a lot of salespeople with poor selling skills. 
The good news is, is that keeps me in business because when companies realize that they're not making their numbers and their salespeople are having a negative effect on their customers, they want to improve and up-level their skills. It's interesting because it seems like in sales, like it's not one of those honored professions. It's almost like a secondary profession for a lot of people. And so with that being said, is there a minimum requirement that we're supposed to have to get into sales? Or is it something that, you know, just a lot of people that are a mismatch find themselves there? What's going on? No, there's hasn't been in the past a degree in sales. I was an educator. How did I get into sales? I taught in the public school system. So when I worked with cattle feed companies, okay, all the salespeople at the cattle feed company are ex-cal ranchers, you know? So no, we don't grow up saying, oh, I want to be in sales. We want to be a teacher, a policeman, a fireman, something like that. We do end up in sales by default, except I have to say that there are several universities now that have a degree in sales. So there is a shift out there that sales is becoming a noble profession. So I've noticed that there's a lot more acceptance within the field of sales. I mean, for me to have some success with a book called Selling with Love means a lot more people are at least embracing it in some capacity, which, you know, wants me to tap into your experience, which is, are we seeing any major shift that's quite notable within the industry of sales in a way that we're approaching it? Or is it just more of the good stuff is coming up or more of the bad stuff is happening? I think what's happening is people are realizing that you're selling human to human. And, you know, with the pandemic, I think there was a shift also because a lot of people are now using a platform like this, you know, a Zoom or a Squadcast or something. So we're getting up close and personal in a different way than we were before. And so I do think there's a shift. Your title of your book is just profound because it is a love. When you're passionate about what you do, then you communicate very well and it shows and your enthusiasm about carries over into the conversation as well. You know, I love how most sales training talk about, you know, enthusiasm is so helpful to be more effective in sales. But if you've seen somebody who's in love, the enthusiasm comes naturally. When you're passionate, the enthusiasm comes naturally. So of course, the sales will happen as well. And one thing I wanted to ask you is because, you know, when you work in organizations, there's always high performing, very high quality salespeople. There's always a few that are doing it extremely well. And one thing I haven't been able to get data on is just understanding how that segment of salesperson has evolved over time, because I feel like we don't get as much exposure, but for the longest time, I feel like the wisdom about selling with integrity, being someone that listens, has always been a value shared by the top salespeople. Is this a right assumption, a false assumption? What have you seen? Yeah, no, that is the right assumption. And because it's interesting, because 85% of your success is in your belief system, not in the skill system. So you can have the skills, but if you don't have the belief in yourself, if you don't believe that sales is a noble profession, if you don't have the belief in commitment to activities, the belief in your values that you're matching a person with something good for them, then you're not effective. So that's the difference in the top performers. They have a higher belief system than a lower performer. I see it. And I was going to ask, what are some of the beliefs we could inherit from them so that we could be a bit more effective when it comes to the way that we sell if we're just starting out? Well, it's belief in yourself. 
is number one. And the thing is, is you get bombarded with a lot of other, you tell somebody you're in sales and they go, oh God, let me tell you about the last bad sales experience I had. Okay. <laughs> so that's what happens. And so, oh, are you in insurance sales? You know, are you in car sales? So now they're getting bombarded with people really sending them messages that sales isn't a noble profession. So they've got that they're thinking, especially if it's somebody that's new that hasn't had success. So they have to get out of their own way of what messages people are sending them. And then, you know, or who do you think you are that you could do that? That's where it starts. You just have to believe in yourself and have the confidence in yourself. And I call it like being like a duck also, because people don't do things to you. It's how you receive the information that affects you. So that's why I say it's like being a duck. When somebody says, oh, you know, sales, why are you doing that? You have to just let that roll off your back and not be part of you. And so that you continue your belief in yourself, not just your product, but belief in yourself and belief that you are in a noble position. And so you can go forth out and do and do well with it. If I understand the analogy correctly, are we talking about the duck that looks all beautiful and calm on the surface of the water, but their legs are going and paddling really fast? <laughs> well, the duck that, you know, rain, they can sit out in the rain and it just rolls right off their back. They love the rain. So I'm saying let the messages, the negative messages that people are giving to you just roll off your back. Don't accept them. Don't own them. That's their thought process, not yours. Don't own it. I remember when I first started in telephone sales, one of the first calls I had was like, I was following the script and this was leads that had came in and I had to follow up with them. And my script was like, hi, thanks for calling ABC Real Estate. Just want to let you know your report will be sent by mail in the next 24 hours. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, thanks. And they hung up on me. I turned all red, I stuttered and I felt so rejected. And just at that moment, my boss walked in and sees me sweating after this event happened, I was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. And is that like an experience that most of us have to go through to kind of build that confidence is realizing that we need to go through this rejection. We need to have a few of these false starts and still keep pushing. Yeah. And that's really in any profession. I mean, we're not perfect in everything from the get-go. It takes skill and practice. And that's where it's like, what's your responsibility? This is where you are responsible for your success. So in that situation, okay, so you broke out into a sweat and you were ready to give up, but at least somebody saw and believes in you and said, no, you can do this. But it's a matter of then you have to say, okay, I just made these five phone calls and they didn't go well, okay? So let me sit back and let's reevaluate. What did I do? Where did it go wrong? Where can I make an adjustment? You are always self-coaching. This is what the top producers do, back to what the difference is. The top producers take the high road and say, okay, these five were bad, all right? I need to make a change, but let me evaluate where the change is. The other ones, the ones without that high emotional intelligence, say to this self, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. I'm not making another phone call again, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to go look for another job. Yeah, it's almost like we need to train that resilience muscle. It took a couple, maybe another 50 calls before I started getting a little more comfortable. Then I had my high days, I had my low days, and there was a strong emotional roller coaster being in a consistent sales role. And I feel like you mentioned, you know, emotional intelligence being such a key component of it. How much of that is relevant 
for mastering our own emotions. You talk about our self-beliefs, like we're always out there making ourselves vulnerable and we're in an industry where we're going to fail more than succeed. Yeah. So the difference is what can you do? That's the whole thing is to constantly up level in your conversation. What can you do differently than the other salespeople out there? Okay. So that's what you have to take a look at. It is your emotional, it's your belief system. As I said, your belief system's 85% of your success. So it's believing in your product. It's believing in yourself. It's your commitment to activities. It all comes together. So that's what you have to look at as well as what am I saying in the conversation? Did I capture their attention so they listen to me? You know, did I ask questions or did I just talk, talk, talk? Because the same thing in the conversation, it's 80% listening and 20% talking. And that makes an effective sales conversation. When you as the salesperson are only doing 20% of the talking, and most people think, well, a salesperson should be doing all of the talking. That's when you lose. So I've noticed in the organizations, we have this assumption that we have to talk all the time. And I'm wondering, did we get this from the media? Like, why do we make this assumption that we need to be talking all the time when we know that the better salespeople are more focused on listening? People talk all the time. They're mirroring how they're being sold. So they think, okay, this is how everybody sells to me. So this is what I should go and do. Okay. And that's the misconception right there. Sales, it's a communication. So it's all about learning how to have that effective conversation. And companies don't always train that. So this is where I go back to, if you're going into sales and you're with a company that has just said, here's our product, here's your price sheet, go out forth, thou and do, that you have to say to yourself, I need to become a student of selling. And I need to learn the science. I need to read books like your book any book out there, any sales book, everyone has several nuggets in it. You don't have to just buy one book and make that your Bible. Read several books to get different ideas from different sales experts. I was going to say, when you're noticing a lot of these salespeople, I mean, there's some that come, there's some that go. And, you know, it begs the question for a lot of people I encounter, especially when they're solopreneurs, some of them are like, you know what, sales, I just don't have it in me. It's just not something I can do. Do you feel like some people are made for sales and others just will never be able to be successful selling? You know, that's interesting. I feel everybody can sell, okay? And we sell every day. You sell your child on making their bed or eating a particular food at dinner. I mean, we're selling all the time. So I feel that whole, that myth that salespeople are born, not made, I don't believe. You know, look at all of us. No one went to school and got a degree in sales but we've ended up in sales, whether it's our personality or, you know, however we ended up there, we did. And so it can be taught. That's the thing. Everybody can be successful, but it goes back to being passionate about what you're selling. It goes back to your belief system, believing in the product, believing that you're helping somebody when they buy your product. And when you lose that belief system, when you don't have that, that's when you're not as effective. You know, I think there's a preconception for a lot of the people that listen to my calls here being that, you know, we're, whether small business owners, consultants, coaches, a few professional salespeople listen as well, but there's an assumption that in these organizations with professional salespeople is that everyone there 
is professional, they know what they're doing, and they have the skills versus that if you haven't been professionally trained in sales, like you're completely hopeless, and it's not the same. But it sounds to me like even in these large organizations that have a lot of salespeople, there's just as much need for people to learn the basics of sales to be able to become competent in sales. And if you're a business owner that you are required to sell, like we're all aware that this is the bread and butter to make the business grow, you're not starting at that much of a disadvantage compared to someone who's a professional salesperson. Would that be an accurate statement? That is an accurate statement. You know, that they're in the name of the product, these presidents of the company. They are the product. So it's a matter of getting comfortable. So you have to find mentors. Where do you go if you're, you know, you're by yourself and you're a solopreneur, but you have friends, you know, you have friends that are in sales or friends that are in your same situation. So make your own network, hire a coach. I mean, that's one thing I tell people is really hire a coach. You don't have to do this by yourself, whether it's a mentor or it's a paid coach, but that's important to help you when you're by yourself and you're trying to figure it out. As one of the final questions I did want to ask you, do you have some parameters or things you suggest for people whenever they are going out to look for a coach or a mentor, especially if they were looking to work on sales? Are there certain qualities they should look for in someone that they want to bring into their life to help them? Well, it's a matter of being comfortable with them. You know, so interview several to find out who's a good fit for you. But you do want to find someone that has sold that isn't a life coach, but then you want to ask them to help you with your selling. So you really want a combination of a business and life coach together. Brilliant. Alice, I just want to thank you for your time, for coming on the show. For everybody listening, here's really what I was able to get from this conversation is the fact that if you're in sales, guess what? A lot of times we might face negative sales interactions, and that might have given us these biases of negativity towards the majority of the ways that we perceive sale. And as a result, has they actually made it so that we assume the way to do sales is by mirroring what we've noticed, which are negative sales interactions. So there is a better way. The top 1% or the top 5% of the great salespeople have always been doing it the right way. We just don't get exposed to these individuals as much. Alice was speaking about how organizations often hire people, but don't give them the proper training. So it comes naturally that we might be encountering a negative sales experience because these organizations haven't taken the time to train their representatives. So you, as you go out there, as your consultant, a coach, a small business owner, or a sales representative yourself, go out there and get the mentoring, get the training. You're already listening to this podcast, which is a great step. And I'm going to encourage everybody to go to salestrainingworks.com, which is the company that Alice runs, has some sales trainings there, works as well with sales managers to ensure that everybody constantly is up-leveling. Continue to stay sharp, continuing to stay on top of things, and understanding that 85%, as Alice mentioned, is going to be your inner game. What is it that you're telling yourself when you're selling? Are you in the right mindset? Do you love the product? Do you love the company you're working for? Because that is going to be making the biggest difference in the way that you show up with passion, enthusiasm, and maybe even a little bit of love in your sales. Alice, once again, thank you for coming on the show and sharing with everybody here. And for everybody listening, go out there, be courageous, and go and sell bravely. <laughs> thank you. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.